We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chill, Ronaldo. Taking the label off. I feel you, though. That's why I pour the, the water in here now so that, you know, if you're not paying, we're not promoting. That's what it's come down to now. No That's why Jake promotion. Paul and Logan Paul got $50,000 each on their boxing shorts for each logo or some crazy shit like that. You know, um, Bellator mm-hmm. and UFC back in the days. Well, Bellator now, UFC back in the day, you're able to have sponsors on your shorts. And then they made that Reebok deal. Many years back, and now it's a Venom deal, so fighters get less pay than what they used to be able to to, to get. A lot of fighters didn't like that because you'd be able to go to like Jimmy John's or like Pennzoil and shit, and they'd give you like five to ten k for a sponsor. Yeah, even Serge Sergio fought at the first ever MMA sanctioned event at Madison Square Garden with Bellator, and he had sponsors on his shorts. He's like, bro, I made like good amount of money off that. Like they, don't pay, they don't pay the fighters in the UFC enough, so yeah. you'd think that that would be a, a, a low-hanging fruit to say, hey, here you go. Was well, the idea that the deal with Venom, that large sum of money the UFC makes, will in turn pay the fighters more? So the fighters get a certain like cut, like a set cut, but it also makes it, it does make it look more official. I can't front about that. It, it is it's all uniform. Yeah, it's, it's like solid. Like everyone's wearing the same brand instead of having like, you know, you got like four gas companies and Skittles on your shit. I got Nike and whatever. But it does look a lot cleaner, but it does also take money away from what the fighter actually can make. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. It'd be back in the building. We just press record. We're locked and loaded, ready to go. Player empowerment, boys. <laughs> it's been chaotic. Tough day. Tough day in the NBA. Uh, This is the third pod of the week. If you guys haven't checked out the solo pod, talked about Christian Erickson. And then Alan and I did a locker room. And we talked about the Euro Cup, the first set of matches, first first leg of the tournament. Have you been watching the Euro Cup at all? Yeah, I watched a bit of it. Italy looking good. The Paisans. Yeah, good. I mean, I have no idea who... Where's the pasta? I have no idea who half the roster is, but that's because I'm just so... I knew, like, what, the 2006 roster? Yeah. (laughs) So, Immobile, shouts to him. 
Shouts to him. You know, he's the dude. He went viral a couple of years ago because his lady was trying to get his attention, but he was playing FIFA. You ever seen go, that? Go. Nah, yeah. I haven't, but. It's a, it's a math. Fit. If you see it, if I show you it, you'll be like, oh, shit, I didn't know that was him. I remember that video situation. But his, his lady, by the way, goes without saying, great girl, is trying to get his uh, attention. She's like, amore, amore. And he's just over there, like, locked in. A guy is in there. In the Set 80th. pieces. He's just playing. And it's just like, yo, this dude's living the dream. Like, just ignoring his lady while he plays FIFA. <laughs> but just bad news today. Yeah. If you have any more news, bad news, don't give it to me until tomorrow. Where do you want to start, bro? I mean, you want to just talk about all the players, <clears throat> just in general, the playoffs that everyone's got hurt, or obviously today. I want to ask you this question. Yeah. I asked Dylan this at the gym. He said he don't think so, but I got some data. Data or data? What are we going? Take that for data. Data. I got some data here. Do you think that... The shortened season, the back-to-backs um, playing three games in four nights, certain stretches, uh, four games in a week, trying to jam it all in has played a role in these injuries. 100%. Like over the course of the entire season, you I'm mean. talking about before we get into like the playoff stuff, I'm talking about just in general. Because yeah. it's... Uh, it was a 72-game season. Right. Crammed into crammed in. and even who knows? Yeah, yeah, teams like the Lakers, the Heat, uh, those teams that made those runs to the conference finals in their respective conferences last year. Because in the bubble, no one, no one got hurt. Yeah, it was all extremely isolated. Yeah, so you didn't have to worry about COVID. The players were arrested because they took like that two and a half month, three month break yeah. from the initial pandemic hit. And then fast forward to this, the data that I have here is and this is from espn's kevin pelton it's the highest injury rate since 2009-2010 the all-stars alone this year 370 combined games missed out of 1944 that's 19 percent that have either missed playoff games or were injured throughout the regular season and the number that is the highest since 2009-2010 is the highest number of sideline games due to injuries. No joke. I think that has a big role in it. The shortened off season and then the crammed season. Fast forward a little bit, 18 months from now. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you know the World Cup is next year, mm-hmm. but it's not in the summer. It's going to be played in November in Qatar. Because it's show. too hot to play it's in the summer. It's too hot. Yeah. It's like 130 degrees in the summer, you know, the June, July months. They're playing it in November. That's already a nightmare for a lot of players because, number one, it's the biggest honor you could get in professional soccer representing your national team on a world stage like the World Cup. Number two, that's going to be in the middle of Premier League, La Liga, Champions League. Oh, my God. So these guys are already – it's starting to pick up more momentum – because it's approaching. Now they're doing qualifiers. So, oh, you also have the qualifiers, too. So, it's like, bro, we're going to be playing fucking yeah. 100-plus games. If you're a guy that plays on Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern, PSG, like Mbappe, for example, right? This dude's going to be in Champions League. They're going to make a, a run in Champions League quarterfinals like they always do. League One in, in France. And then the French team is, like, the favorite to win the world. It's like, yo, bro, I'm playing all these fucking games. Yeah. When's you gonna? We need a break. No, I think just back to the NBA for a second. I think it's seventy something days, seventy something days from when the the Lakers won the finals to when the season started. Seventy something days. I know, like 
people don't people love to talk about off seasons, but damn, this off season was extremely important. And it's funny because people tried to give the Lakers an asterisk last year, like oh this year whatever bubble don't really count it. It's turning out like this is the asterisk season, asterisk season, not last year. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if it's like what everyone thought last year got completely flipped on its head, and it's this year. No, so Kawhi is the eighth different All Star to miss a playoff game this year, most in a season in NBA history. That's Elias Sports. LeBron hurt, AD hurt, Kawhi hurt, CP3 with the COVID protocol, Harden hurt, Embiid hurt, Mitchell hurt, Luca hurt, Russ hurt, Beal hurt, Conley, Kemba hurt. Just and then also like if you go into like the regular season too, Oladipo, yeah, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray. Well, absolutely. Some of these guys that got hurt in the playoffs, they were hurt in the regular season. Right. Your ADs, and they your just LeBrons. Reaggravated it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this. We never root for injuries. It's mm-hmm. never something that anyone takes, you know, no one anyone no one gets excited about. But the one thing that I will say is this. The NBA, I feel like one of the main criticisms is you know who's gonna win the finals, you know who's gonna get to the NBA finals, right? Mm. This year, it's really up in the air now because of the fact that the the, the, the big players aren't going to be kind of in the discussion. Generally speaking, right? Like your Lakers aren't going to be there, things of that nature. I think that's kind of making it a little bit more interesting that it could be kind of a Phoenix Suns, for example. Mm. I, 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 to me, again, I'm not, you know, not, I'm not excited about the injuries, but I do think another, someone kind of, you know, Creating their own magical story and and, and storyline is going to be exciting for someone. It, I feel like that's a long-winded way of saying that it's opened like never before, especially with the the Kyrie news. I mean, his ankle, like his foot, like folded. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I I can't see him coming back until maybe the finals if they get there. Yeah, right. We'll get into that game in a little bit, but. I think it's it's only natural that this was going to happen. That's a lot of games to play, man. And I know you're a professional athlete. I get it. But the wear and tear is a lot. You yeah. know, I watching that that game yesterday, the the game five Nets Bucks game, the the Jeff Green game, so to speak, right? <laughs> I wrote Uncle that down, Hefe. dude. Blake Griffin also. But yo, look, I, I, we're obviously being sarcastic because that was the iconic game that Durant. I think I think that's the best game he's ever had. Yeah. Would you agree? Other than that Rucker Park game. Come on, man. I'm, Come on, dude. Don't, I'm don't, just fucking around. Oh my god, I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> New York. <laughs> New York, yeah. New York, we here. Uh, I get it. But no, biggest moment, biggest game of his career, right? If you take all things into account, mm-hmm. I don't think it's even close. Durant was my favorite basketball player ever. Then he goes to the Warriors. I got a little soured, but I still rooted for him. I still liked him. I had no issues with that Golden State run. We've talked about this at nauseum in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault that they lucked out on the guys that they drafted, and they had the salary space to be able to make those moves. Him and Damian Lillard are my two favorite basketball players. With that said, Durant... I've watched every single playoff game he's ever had. And yesterday, taking all things into account, no Kyrie. Harden giving you nothing offensively. <laughs> nothing defensively either. Right, right. Although I have a I Yeah, have we're going to get we're going to get to Harden a little bit, but just <laughs> let me finish this point, right? 
the big three is now a big one, or that big three is Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, and, and Durant. You're a home dog, which I was telling Dunbar and Dylan and, and shouts to Chris, Agent Chris. I was like, yo, we should bet the Nets. It's a spot. It's not so much the personnel. Like, they're a five-point underdog at home in a game five. Like, you never see that shit happen. And I made a, not a joke, but I was like, yo, I feel like this is where Durant can can prove his worth. Yeah. You paid $40 million last year to him to sit on the bench to rehab and shit for that yesterday. Yeah. Like, that showed you that shit about, oh, man, guy gets hurt before his contract. It's like, nah, bro, that's that's done. Yeah. Like, nowadays, dudes come back. And especially a guy like Durant, which, again, I was fucking beating that point down to the ground when he was a free agent. Like, yo, I would still treat him like you're getting that old Durant back because his body type is not the body type that has. He's not Zion where he's already heavy and he's built on explosiveness. Like, yeah, explosiveness is part of his game, but it's not his whole game. Yeah, he's a 6'10 fucking sharpshooter that can kind of, you know, get, get, get a shot over anyone, really. No, so 49 points, 17 boards, 10 assists. 30 steals, two blocks. He did it on both ends. It's an underrated part of his game is the defensive side. I think he showed that in Golden State, but nonetheless. You know he had 20 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. He, oh, I he's, hold on. Because he had 29 after three, and that was already like, damn, yo, he's willing them right now. At the 620 mark of the third quarter, Milwaukee led 76-60. From that point forward, Brooklyn outscored the Bucks 54-32. Kevin Durant had 31 of the 54. Durant single-handedly outscored the entire Bucks team over the last 18 minutes of the game. Yeah. So, we're, I mean, when do we start talking about the game? Because I, there are some things that I want to talk about. Let's talk about everything. I also want to show love to James Harden. Okay. Played 46 or 48 minutes. Oh, Warrior. Absolutely. Like. And and we've talked about his playoff resume in the past. Kind of gets lost in big games. Sure, the box score will show that he played like it was 0 for 8 from 3. A lot of them were just like front-rimmed, so he had nothing behind all those jump shots. But I do think that the threat of him being out there allowed KD to really go off. I think it was like a self-con I think it's like a self-conscious thing too. Um it's in it's in KD's head. It's like even if Harden's not 100%, even if he's not 40%. It's the threat it's, that he's there. It's also just like seeing... It sounds weird. It's like seeing him there. Knowing that he's out there. Yeah. Sub, I said self-conscious. I meant to say the subconscious of yeah. KD at least just knowing, all right, I got at least one of my guys here no matter well, what. Well, that's why I think it was such a heroic performance for him because I I know someone that covers the Nets that said he was done until the conference finals. His leg must feel like noodles so right now. So they brought him back out of a sense of urgency more than anything. Yeah. I mean, I hate to take away like that. That was an all-time performance. That was greatness, right? Sometimes greatness takes over. Right. But at what point do you also look at the Bucks and say? The Bucks possessions when the game was tied 91-91. ISO, Middleton three, Giannis ISO, Giannis turnover, Drew ISO, Chris Middleton ISO, Connaughton deep two, Drew ISO, Giannis ISO, Middleton ISO, Giannis ISO, Drew Holiday ISO, Giannis ISO. I'm almost done, guys. Brooke Lopez two, Giannis turnover. The one turnover that Middleton dished to him. Beautiful pass in the bread basket. It went like five hole. 
Do you think that had everything to do with Giannis free throw issues? Because the way he went to go up was like he wanted to go up so fast and dunk it so that he doesn't get fouled. Because the Nets started hacking him, and he was going one for two. Him being so bad at the line, him going one for two, always would keep it a two-possession game as opposed to a three-possession game. You're right. They they couldn't put him away. It's like, don't get me wrong, they had time earlier on in the game, but at that point, you're up more than 10 points. It's like you got to kind of, you know, put your foot on their neck at some mm-hmm. point, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, at what point does Budenholzer get a little bit of uh, of of slack? Like, how do you not... I don't, slack or heat? Heat, sorry. Yeah. Heat, wh- I don't understand why they didn't go after Harden more. You look around the NBA playoffs, you look around the NBA as a whole, it's a defensive mismatch, right? You're going to go and you're going to attack one guy. Like, you watch when teams play against the Hawks, right? They attack Trey, right. things of that nature. I don't think they did a good enough job of trying to go against Harden because from the first five seconds of the game, you could tell this guy's not 100%. With the hamstrings, you can't sprint, right? It's like they didn't make his life any more difficult than they— I just thought they should have made his life a living hell. If you're going to have him out there, have him running around, have him going through picks, attack him. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there just wasn't enough of that. And the criticism of Budenholzer, of course, of over the course of his career is it's not that he's a, not a great coach. He's a great coach. It's the in-game, in-series adjustments. He doesn't do that well. And I think last night was like a perfect example of that. He just didn't, he, he couldn't move the chess pieces in the right way at halftime or in the fourth quarter. Like, I just, that, I don't want to take anything away from KD because what he did was sensational. But I'm just saying there also needs to be some fault, I think, on, on the Bucks and the coaching staff. Just my opinion. The attacking James Harden. It has to be in the Mount Rushmore of embarrassing Giannis moments of his career. And he was getting torn apart on Twitter. Yo, someone called him Suvlaki Stromal Swift. That hits for us because we're from Astoria and it's yeah. a Greek neighborhood. <laughs> Yo, so the play where it's like late in the game and Harden gets switched on him. And Harden, of all people, who is a laughing stock on NBA Twitter defensively. Waves off the double. I got this. I got this because, like you said, they weren't attacking Harden on a foot and a half that he had. And he, Giannis just turn around, fadeaway jump shot. That That is an iconic play. I'm telling you, that should be a gif or jif, however the fuck you call it. Harden just waving him off. That's terrible, bro. The body language of Giannis and Drew Holiday in the fourth quarter said it all. I don't know if you guys have ever been in games like that, but it's one of those situations where you have a lead and things are just not going your way. And it's almost as if you just feel like th- like you just can't control what's going on. And it's just like you're winning, but you know, it's like you're winning, but you know you're going to lose. And no athlete, especially at, the, at this high of a level, should ever have that mindset. But it happens from time to time if you played sports, right? It's like you're winning and you're in control, but it's just something doesn't feel right. This is not going to end well. And, like, you could just tell. You could see it on their faces. That's kind of like I feel like that's how they felt. Um, Tucker was useless, right? Uh, again, I don't know why they didn't go to a guy like Bryn Forbes who could create a shot. Do mm. something like that. Who Bryn Forbes, by the way, sent the Miami Heat home. I'm joking around, but he was big. Yeah, he had that one game, the closeout, where he went like seven of seven from three. I feel like they should have went to, you know, they need more guys that could create their own shot. I feel like we've been saying that, and 
it's still the case. And again, I would have just kind of, again, who the fuck am I? I'm sitting here behind a mic, but I do think Budenholzer deserves some of the blame. I, this might be a strong take, a hot take, an all caps take. The more I watch Giannis, the less I want to build around them. I feel like, dude, I feel the same way about Rudy Gobert. Oh man, I can't. In this, in the sense of like, yo, if I'm gonna give you two hundred million dollars, I know what you're gonna say. You need to like. You could be able. To, you need to be able to get me a basket, whatever, at at any yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. You can't like. Remember when James Harden? That was one issue that I had. Not issue, but one thing that got me tight about James Harden pulling the hamstring was. There was that animosity between Harden and Giannis a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember. During the MVP debates where, like, Giannis didn't pick Harden on the All-Star team or some shit. I know. He goes, I want someone that could. I want someone that will play defense or something like that. It was something like that. It was a backhanded compliment. And then the other thing that Harden had said about Giannis was, yo, if I was seven foot and I could take two steps, I could probably, you know, dominate and shit. Like, basically saying that's all. He, he said Giannis basically has no skill. He can't shoot. He, he can't, can't shoot. He just Well, shooting was the main thing, but to your point, you're right. So you didn't get to see that. And with Giannis, bro, is just something about it where he, he, he's not a dog. And I mean that like he's not a killer, man. When uh, if you're all, you're all NBA first team defense, they announced it yesterday. And then you're, you, you're not guarding KD. You got to be guarding KD, bro. If I'm paying you that much, that's why I fuck with Kawhi. Right, yeah, we'll get to Kawhi in a little bit. That's why I also fuck with you know who I fuck with, and he's kind of having a nice playoff run so far. Paul George, for all the shit the, that the, he gets, the shit that he gets, yeah. and we, I pointed out in the pod is, I want you to like, yo, if you don't have it offensively that day, like, fuck it, man, I'm gonna take on KD, and all right, he, he drops thirty on me, drops thirty on everybody. You're not shutting anyone down. You're slowing them down. You gotta, you gotta take that matchup, man. Yeah. Now you don't know if because I wrote that here too in my notes. Too much Middleton guarding KD. That's what I wrote. Uh, oh, and when Cunningham uh, yeah. would switch on him, you know Durant was like, "No one fucking baby for the food. ball now." What's really funny about this whole thing is, I think it was a few weeks ago, the story came out about Jay Will on ESPN relayed a story one day. Uh, in a long, long story short, KD basically told Jay Will, "Don't ever compare me to Giannis. Don't ever compare me to Giannis." And then KD winds up going on Twitter and saying, "Oh, I never said that. I never said that." But the way it turns out, it's just, you're right. He can't get a basket sometimes, and he feels like a center. He he's a, he, he, he needs to play, like, he's a 6'10 wing in a way, right, kind mm -hmm. of? But if this was a, a, a while ago, he'd be like a center. You know what I'm trying to say? He needs a guy that can get him the ball in the right spots. When Giannis has the ball like at the top of the key, I'm just like, get rid of it. Like someone needs to facilitate better, and someone needs to get you into your spots. Well, there were well, there were points in that fourth quarter when Shamit would guard him at like Shamit stay standing like inside the free throw line. Giannis is at the top of the key, and Giannis is doing that like dribbling back and forth, trying to get rid of it. They're begging him to shoot. And there were times where, like, there'd be maybe seven seconds on the shot clock left, and he would just chuck up a three. Like, they don't even respect his shit either. Yeah. And also, I mean, going to the shot clock, how many times in that game 
did they shoot the ball with like 19 seconds on the shot clock, 18 seconds on the shot clock, when you know all of these buckets are crucial, you know KD's having an out-of-his-world game, and you're still kind of not getting the best shot possible, or why aren't you playing a a grit-and-grind style of game where you know Harden's hurt, you know this team is shorthanded, Blake Griffin is getting old, like, like, why didn't you play a tougher style of basketball as opposed to, I'm going to just take this potentially contested three from the wing or whatever the case is like, I feel like they should have slowed the game down more and got more physical as opposed to just, I'm open, kind of, okay, I'll shoot a three. Like, I get it, it's the modern NBA, but you need to take the situation into consideration. You know what I'm trying to say? At what point, if you're the Bucks, do you just go, yo, Giannis, you're chasing KD all over the court? And then, Drew, you're picking him up at half court, too. We're just doubling him. And just get the ball. Force the ball out of his hand, bro. They should have doubled him more. I mean, that's another thing that I have written here. Why Why didn't they throw more doubles at him? May, at least let someone else beat you. Yeah. I mean, granted, Jeff Green did Yo, his listen, thing. we're fucking around. And I, I've been tweeting shouts to my guy, Ty. Because I don't think he got me being sarcastic. That's something that doesn't play off well on, on Twitter. But I said it was a Jeff Green game. Missed his first three with, like, four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Dylan was like, yo, you would have thought he was one of 10 from the field the way I reacted when he missed that three because those threes, not for nothing, kept him in the game. He he went, I think, 8 of 11 from the field or something. Eight of, eight of, something. He, he was 7 of 8 from three. Yeah. But he was 7 of 7 up until his first miss. 27 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 7 of 8 from three, plus 12, highest Best plus minus on the team, which is wild. Bro, he, like, (laughs) poor guy had a fucking wild-ass game, but Durant just had a career night. Yeah. Uh, Durant, all 48 minutes, zero rest, no Kyrie, hobbled Harden. Yeah, and played 42 minutes in game four. Yeah. (laughs) And then I thought about this on, on the walk back from the gym. I was thinking, do you think if Steve, if, if it's not a player coach, does Durant play 48 minutes? And here's why. Because I feel like Steve Nash, he's been through the ringer. He's been in these like playoff games that mean a lot. Maybe there were times in his career where Nash is like, yo, man, I wish I would have played more in that game. Like, fuck that rest. Yeah. And then Nash maybe goes to him like, yo, bro, listen, I, I get it. I know you're tired, but we got no chance unless you play 48 minutes. Or maybe it's the flip side. You're You're... A re- I don't want to use the term regular coach, but a, no, no, a non-superstar, I'm, former superstar or, NBA player. Or a non-player. Like, there's a lot of coaches that weren't players. Maybe they don't understand that part of the game where it's like, yo, bro, I'm going down with the ship. I'm staying out there the whole time. Do you think Durant wanted to come out? Because I don't think he did. I don't think he did. And I don't think Nash wanted him out at that point. <laughs> he had no choice. I'm sure they told him, like, yeah, you might have to play 48. Tonight. That was a must win. Now, let me ask you a hypothetical weird question I've seen around going around Twitter. I think it was Reggie Miller who posted it or tweeted it. He said, would you just rest Harden and KD and just take an L in game six? <laughs> I don't think it's as bad a take as people are making it out to be. I wouldn't do that. What I would do is this. I'd play them the first half. See what happens. If I'm down 25 at halftime, I'm just like, yo, boys, pack it up. Rest Let's get up. rest. Let's get. Yeah. I felt like they should have done that in game four with like three minutes left in the third quarter when the game was out of hand. I would have done that too. Pulled out Durant a little earlier. He shouldn't have played 42 minutes in that game. With that said, I'm playing that. I'm going to kill because I think the Bucks now are up against the ropes and they're rattled. They are rattled. They've been hit with that that Nate Diaz Stockton slap left hook, and you know the lights are on, but no one's home. Yep. If you give them a chance and it's Game Seven, anything can happen. I don't think the Bucks could win in Brooklyn necessarily, but I think you play it. 
You go in there to kill. You play that first half. If it's an eight to ten point game, which I think is what the Nets were hoping for yesterday, they're like, yo, let's just keep that shit close. Let's get it to single digits, come fourth quarter, and then we'll let our guy take over. And that's exactly how it played out. So I think you go into Milwaukee if you're the Nets, and you're just like, yo, we're going to go in there to win. If at halftime we're down 20, 25 points, it's like, yo, I'm going to pull the plug on these guys. And then if some like, yo, that's what happened with that Houston game a couple years back. They just couldn't Houston, hit a shot. No, Houston Clippers. Oh, oh. Where it was like Corey Brewer and, and Josh uh, Josh Smith, like all of a sudden are, are hitting. You know what game I'm talking about? Nah. Harden, Dwight, and like Eric Gordon didn't play in like the whole second half. They were down like 25 points. And then it was like the Houston B team ended up winning that game. Got it. You, so you do some shit like that. At halftime, you pull Harden and Durant, and you're just like, yo, fellas, we don't got it. They beat the shit out of us, whatever. Let's rest up. Yeah. Then who knows? Maybe Landry Shaman, who came in, and crunch time, he was out there the last four minutes of the game. Yeah. You know how I, I get horned up when I see that? It's just it's the Bucks, man. Eleven of, Again, 11 of the 17 possessions towards the end of the game were straight ISOs. There's no innovation. There's no, let's go attack Harden. Let's... It's it's it was it wasn't for me and and again I I, I love Coach Budenholzer but I think he, that was your uh, guy you picked him for rookie of the year coach, uh, of, coach the year. of the year and he won and I think uh, I think he's already looking for I think he's got his house on the market already I think he's gone Zillow Street Easy <laughs> uh, Realtor dot com I think he already just made an account yeah and he looked at his address he said all right. We throw this one on the market, call my guy, because I don't see it. They yeah. And again, part of it is maybe roster construction. Do they have enough guys that can kind of get their own shot? Create their own shot. Create something for someone else. We'll see. But Let's pivot over to uh, some of the other news. I, I want to mention that we're recording this podcast prior to Game 5 in both the Sixers, Hawks, and the Jazz Clippers series. Kawhi Leonard, we mentioned before how he got hurt. Rumors are torn ACL. Torn ACL? Torn ACL per Shams. They're going to go and get an MRI. Um, kind of looked like it. Yeah. Drives to the lane and it just... I, very Derek Rosey. I thought, but I thought all of the reports after the game was, oh, it's not a big deal. Right. But the ACLs, right? You can play on those. No, you can't. Not well people ha you can you can like walk on it. Yeah. Not you like can't. you're right, obviously not play. Right. Like Clay Thompson had shot free throws. And then he walked right? off the and court. Then he walked yeah, off the yeah. court. Uh, it's not a situation where you can't walk, I guess. Right. You can walk, but yeah, you definitely I didn't mean be playing. Play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but you know, another dude who got hurt in in now like that. You mentioned how the bubble last year, people are going to have an asterisk on that. It's this year. It's not last year. This year, it might be that too, man, with all the injuries. And like a guy like Kawhi, it's... What? last? The only thing that was... The only thing you can like criticize about last year was the no fans. Other than the guys that opted out. Do you, Can you recall off the top of your head superstars that opted out that were like in the playoffs nah there was no like the biggest name that opted out was like avery bradley and that was because he also had like a newborn or he had yeah, a really young whatever kid it is whatever bro, it was whatever Bradley's. it was but it wasn't like it wasn't like lebron opted out no. or jimmy butler you know no. but with Kawhi, it sucks that he he could 
potentially opt out of, uh, or he is a free agent. He is a free agent. Yeah. I think all of the reports are that he's going to be back, but look, I just thought it was weird that when Paul George signed his massive extension, like, I know that's how Kawhi likes to play it, though. He took a page out of the LeBron book. Yeah, I'll give you two years, and 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 I'll make sure that you keep the team competitive, and I'll make sure that you, you know, make all the right decisions in the front office, and we'll keep doing this in a short period of time. Player empowerment. So, I don't know, man. I think do you want to talk about the series real quick? Yeah, I think the Jazz really miss Conley's playmaking. Right? It's like you can tell, and I, and we want to talk about Gobert. Right? I loved Rudy Gobert. But he's not a top 15-ish, top 20 player in the league. And I realized that this series. Like, my argument for Rudy Gobert was, okay, he may not be able to create offense himself with the ball. But if you watch the Utah Jazz, it's high screen and roll, off ball picks in the corner. He sets fucking screens everywhere in addition to his defense turning into offense. So it's not like, okay, he's not a guy you can throw the ball into the post and let him work. But at least he could impact the game in other ways that could potentially lead to offense. Your picks, screens. Also, off- offensive rebounds should be oh, part of, course, of your lobs. offensive game. Well, I, of course. I, Keeping I was, possessions alive and, yeah. But it's, you watch that team and, and, and regular season, all the supporting cast amazing. They're the best team in the Western Conference, right? And the game slows down a little bit. We're missing some threes. And now it's like all you have is Donovan Mitchell, who's a little in, who's a little hobbled, right? He's coming off of an injury, and he's gone. He's doing everything. Spider Mitchell has scored two hundred and sixty three points in two hundred and sixty seven minutes in the playoffs. Most points per minute by a player in a playoff run, minimum seven games. Point nine nine in twenty twenty one. Point nine six in twenty twenty. Donovan Mitchell. Point nine five. Jerry West in nineteen sixty five. The logo. He's doing so much for this team. And it's 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 tough because, again, to your point, bro, Gobert's stuffing the stat sheet. He's getting paid $200 million. And at times, he's not making as much of an impact as you'd hope. I have an issue with him being... I, I don't like... I don't think he's the best defensive player in the league. You think it's Ben Simmons? I need a guy who could guard multiple positions yeah like yeah draymond green ben simmons ben simmons thibel right like i need that i need guys like you that. can't game plan out a guy that you can't game plan out of the game right scheme out the one thing that i will say about gobert though is like i really feel like the the, the jack the clippers were doing a really good job of like uh i have an opportunity to attack the basket and go bears there i'm not gonna do it I'm going to I'll reassess the situation and I'll dribble the ball back out to the top of the key to the wing and we'll and, and we'll get something else going. They're making a conscious effort of saying we're not going to challenge them. We're not. We're going to just we're good. And you know, to your point, if the guy just sits under the rim and you're going to, you know, figure something else out on the outside, mm. what is he really doing? So again, and I'm a huge Gobert guy. Like I've argued with our boy Josh. Like he, Josh and I had an argument going this entire season about he thought Drummond was better than Gobert, and it was it was it was a laughable argument to me. And I was like, just wait, you'll see. Drummond's nowhere near as good of a player as Gobert, and that came true. Everyone saw Drummond is not the same player. His his time has passed. Right. But Gobert is not as good as I thought either. Yeah. And it's not. It's just. It's just the kind of a player he is in the modern NBA. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and it's tough. It's tough. The winner of Jazz Clippers play the Suns. One and four. Shouts to your boy. That was your boy, that guy in the crowd. Suns and four. Supposedly, he didn't start the beef. So Supposedly, it was the other dudes. And he was just kind of... Claims it was a self-defense situation. Mm-hmm. So, if that's the case, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I I hate I hate fan fights. Of course. Did you see the one with the Padres game a couple months ago? Nah. Bro, this dude gets flatlined. I'm talking like... Oh, I did see that. The kid, the kid had glasses. The guy had glasses. And the guy comes like... Eight seats over, just cracks them. Yeah. First of all, you had the higher ground. How did you lose? No, 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 not in that. Oh, 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 oh. in the Phoenix, in the <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah, you got the higher ground. High guy always wins, right? But in that case, that wasn't. And also, you know, like he has that little where he like puts away his phone or whatever, and then he like sucker punches him. Yeah, and he still got molly whopped. Yeah, I'm hyped about that. Well, that's why I said. And also, it. I, I'm I was cool with that. I usually don't repost those fights, but I did with that one. Because it was funny the way it ended, and the the kid got up and like left. It's not like he got KO'd. When they get KO'd, bro, like, yeah, dude, I got I got customers of mine that have like young kids, and they don't want to go to sporting events because of like shit like that, like Chad and fucking Scott from yeah. Kappa Sig fucking fighting and shit. By the way, my cousin is dating a dude named Chad, and when I met him, he he, he like shook my hand. Hey, I'm, hey Chad. I'm Chad. I started laughing. I was like, yo, bro, this is terrible for a suppression. But I got this running joke that I was like, you were definitely in a fraternity, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, yes, yeah. so I got this running joke that all the dudes that fight at uh, sporting events are oh, named Chad. Chad. <laughs> Big white name. Big white name. But they, um, those fights, like, I, I don't like it because, like, you don't want to bring, you know, if you have, like, an eight-year-old daughter, you want to bring her to a Yankee Red Sox team. You can't, bro. Some dudes, you know, and then you start fighting and shit. It's like, yo, bro, I got work tomorrow. I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. But with that, I found it funny because then Suns in four. But then Devin Booker is like, yo, five mans. Hits him up on Instagram or whatever, right? Hits him up on Instagram, and now he's going to be going to one of the games. Yeah. That's that, a cool story. He also beat the sh- I mean, he didn't beat the shit out of him, but he did a great job of like cleaning his clock, grappling him in a situation where he couldn't move. He was just pounding his shit. That's what you get, bro. Sucker punch in a fucking sport. Sucker punch, period. Yeah. Sucker punch at a sporting event. Yeah. Come on, man. It's terrible. Sons, sons, I called it, man. Well, I said, I said they were. They reminded me of the Heat last year. A lot of similarities. If you really break it down, bro, they're a very similar situation. Well, you think of like you think of although Jimmy Butler wasn't the point guard, you think of Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul, offensive initiators, great wings, good shooters, grizzled vets coming to a relatively young core. Yeah, 
Uh, Jay Crowder on both teams. <laughs> Yo, right. Jay Crowder so underrated. Did you know Jay Crowder hasn't missed the playoffs since two? He hasn't missed the playoffs, I think, since 2013. Everywhere he's gone. Yeah. Boston, Utah, Phoenix, playoffs, everywhere he goes. I'm pretty sure he was on those Cavs teams, too. Glue guy. Yeah. Big, Great glue guy. Big glue. You're right, though. Bridges. Nick should have took Bridges, man. Uh, Devin Booker. I think you can make a comparison a Bam. to Bam. Yeah. A young guy who is finding, you know, like Booker's. Booker was more of that guy than Bam was. Like, Bam's coming out party was when Jimmy Butler got there, but they were flashes of him. Yeah. Not so much flashes of, like, yo, this guy's going to get a super max and we're cool with it. Don't get it twisted like that. But a lot of similarities. And I felt like their path, both of those teams knocked out the juggernaut in their conference before they were supposed to. I thought Phoenix had a roadmap to avoid the Lakers prior to them falling to the seventh seed. I thought the Heat last year had a roadmap to avoid the Bucks until the conference finals. Which they smoked, by the way, right? Yeah. yeah. Which, which And like, yo, I feel like that team, man, there's there's something about that Suns team. And then unfortunately today we get the news that Chris Paul got COVID. Hopefully he got vaccinated. Because then I think that his protocol is a shorter period of time. Regardless, though, at worst, I think he might miss just game one. Because, think about it, this series, no matter what, is going six, Jazz. So they're going to play Wednesday. They're going to play Friday, I believe, or Saturday. That series won't start until Monday, Tuesday. So he has about a week. Is it? I think it may be sooner than that. I'll when check, it, well, I'll check when go. game six is. Because if you're a Suns fan, you're hoping for seven in that series. And you're chilling. Friday? Friday. Friday would be game six. Friday's game five, my bad. No, no, no. Game five is tonight. Okay, okay. My hold on, my bad. Wednesday. So then Game five is tonight. Six would be Friday. Friday. And then Sunday. Sunday. They wouldn't play game one until Tuesday. Yeah. So he'd have about a week, I would say. That was one of the reasons why the NBA implemented the COVID protocol changes was to get people vaccinated. It was like, okay, if you're vaccinated and you get thrown into the COVID protocol, your t- time in said protocol is shorter. That was like a reason. Like the NBA did that so that more players could get vaccinated. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and so we'll see, I guess. it's. I think it's any minute. I think we'll find out what it is, what the, what, what the situation is. But look, man, seven straight wins for the Suns, if I'm not mistaken. yeah. They've won by an average of 16 points in that span. They've been the healthiest. They've also played the most injured teams. Ooh. And if they play the Clippers, that's another injured team that they'd end up... If the Clippers could sneak this one out, which would be... They, they beat the Lakers, and uh, they beat the... and Going back to the Jazz, if you don't win this series now with Kawhi out, I think it's a fireable offense for Quinn Snyder. That's tough. It's tough, said, right? Yeah. But Coming also, it's not a seed? fair shake because I think Conley being out has been devastating. Kawhi being out for the Clippers is yeah. way more drastic you're right, than yeah, Conley. You're right. You're right. I'm not, yeah. It's tough. It's Hold on. Sorry, can I just do this real quick? Yeah, good. I brought you a gift. Did you really? Let's go. And it's the first gift. Yeah, I know. Wow. Oh, hyped. Ooh. Fuck. It's covered. It was covered. It fell out. Oh, it fell out? Hold on, hold on. Let me look away. Let me look away. All right, ready? All right, you tell me, dog. Tell I'm me so, when. I'm sorry for not letting you bet on them, but I got you the Nick Slam magazine Let's with Randall and go. Bart Barrett on the cover. Is there is there cash in this? Nah, nah. It's just, just, it's oh. just you can oh. frame it, put it on a wall, 
I don't know, just to, to remember the season. Uh, I know I completely sidetracked the conversation. No, no, this is cool. I like this. I like this. You just know, to I, remember the season. I appreciate it. Skylar Diggins, great girl. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it would have been nice if we had some hundreds falling out at 12 to 1, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. I appreciate it. You're that. right. It's an interesting type of uh, if Kawhi's out, right? And yeah, Condley, that's more than a wash. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That that would be like if Mitchell was out, I feel like that would be more of yeah. a fair comparison. It just every look in every year of the NBA playoffs, there's always like it's funny actually, other than last year, right? You think mm-hmm. generally speaking, there's always like one team that gets hurt or a superstar that gets hurt. Like it happens a lot. So to say like, oh, this year is is like this crazy thing, it is, but at the same time, it's just like, yo, man. Off the top of my head. We got this year. Last year, not so much. The year before, Durant, Raptors. Clay, both. Clay, also. The year before that is the Chris Paul Houston Rockets. Hamstring. What happens there? 2017, I'm not quite sure, but I know there was the um, there was the year where Kyrie gets hurt and then Kevin Love gets hurt. Yeah. So it's like every year you do have these injuries. Yeah. So it's, it's not like it's outlandish but at the same time you know i think that it's like more a bit more widespread right it's like one guy from i think i think every team in the playoffs had has an injured starter or had an injured injured starter except for the Suns. like every single team so you know it's a cliche but like what do they always say about the playoffs sometimes it's not the best team it's the healthiest team healthiest yeah that's what i saw i started saying that in 2011 I, I know if a lot of new fans, downloads have been doing really well. Shout out to everybody that's been listening to the show. For those that haven't been on board from the beginning, I've told the story before. Let me reiterate. 2011, the Super Bowl, Giants are playing the Pats. As I'm walking to the stadium, and the guy who blesses me with Giant tickets, my guy Gary, Mr. Gary. Shout out to Mr. Gary. Some dude named Garrison. <laughs> Inside Joe for Envy and I. He goes to me. I feel very confident we're going to win, Nick. I'm like, why? He's like, of the 53-man roster from week one, 52 are active for this game. I was like, huh. I was like, who's out? I mentioned his name. was like a backup right guard or some shit. I was like, oh, interesting. Good to know. So we're the healthiest. Gronk coming in hobbled. Remember, he hurt his ankle. He wasn't sure. I was just like, yo, that's mad true, man. It's not the hottest team. It's the healthiest team. Granted, it's not. It's there's. It's obviously a, a mix of both. It's a mix of both. But being healthy, you want to be playing well at that time of the year. Don't yeah. get it twisted. But also, you want to have all your all hands on deck. Yeah. As opposed to you know praying for this backup quarterback to be the guy. Yeah. And if Murray wasn't hurt, it's a different. Series. Oh man, that's it's a different that, series, especially with uh, the way Porter Jr. was playing in the playoffs. And just how, you know, and Aaron Gordon coming into the fold. Yeah, Aaron Gordon is not good enough to be your second best player. You know, he went, that trade, it was like perfect. Aaron Gordon is like your fourth best player. That's like, that works. That you know was I mean? ideal for them, yeah. But or to, even as your third guy, but then Porter a, Jr. Uh, whatever, a fringe, took, right? Took over, yeah. It's tough now. It's like, every, you know, everyone's got to take a step up. Coach Michael Malone's, I think that elimination game, he started two different, two brand new guys to try to like, flip, you know, switch something up. And, you know, there's nothing he could do about that, in yeah. my opinion. Like, and I think it's like 0 for 147, a team down 3 0. Yeah. It's, it's like in the NBA, you haven't seen it. I don't think you'll ever see it in the NBA. Do you think you'll ever see that? 
Two two things as we wind up. Barring injury. Even injury, bro. Being down three, having to win four straight. The Red Sox did it. Yeah, but that's completely different. That's a different sport. Because you can't throw fucking Pedro every day. You can't throw Roger Clemens or Andy Pettit. I see what you're saying. Where, like, you can have, you know, if the Lakers are up 3-0 and AD is out and LeBron's out and you're playing the Blazers, like, there's a way where Lillard could just start dropping 50 burgers. Yeah. But in baseball, you can't have that happen. Man. So that's one of them. You don't think that'll ever happen? Down 3-0? I mean, to your point, right? It's like... You're not facing an elite starting pitcher or something like that's kind of like your argument, right? Where it's like a Durant, right? You're going up against Durant. Even if you have a 3 0 lead against Durant, you still, you know. Still got to worry about that guy, maybe. It's tough. All right. I think, I think like three times in history, it's gotten to seven. But not, not having somebody win that. LeBron was 3 1, right? Yeah. The <laughs> other thing, you ever think we'll see a guy get 100 points in a game? With the way the three ball is being shot, I'd say yes. I think it's the most possible realistic time that it can happen is now. I don't even know if I even put those words together the right way. That felt really awkward saying. But I think now is the most realistic that it can happen. Yeah. Because, um, yo, there was like this one Warriors game towards the tail end of the season where Curry had like 24 after the first quarter. And he was like 5 of 7 from 3. I'm like... He's on base. That's that kind of game that you got to I got to have your guy hit 23s is like the minimum, right? It also has to be a close game because right. if it's a blowout, coach is taking you out. Right. But I think if anyone could do it, it would be like a Booker, a Trey Young even. Yeah. Like the the you know who would be a perfect candidate for this? But he's not that good a three-point shooter, but he is very streaky, James Harden. Interesting. Do you know why? Why I think he could get to the line like 20 times. Interesting. So the clock stops and he could get free buckets. So you would need Harden to get like hit 15 threes. So that's 45 points. And then get and then get like 20 free throws. So that's 65 points. And then scrap his scrap. And then his how way. many of those are and ones? Make a couple layups, couple, couple layups, couple mid ranges before you know he's at 80. At that point, you're like, yo, bro, just go for it. Go Fuck for it. it. If you have like 70 after three quarters and you're on that team, you're like, yo, I'm just setting mad screens. Let's go down to history. Booker, what did Booker have a Booker few years? Booker had 70, but that was over four quarters. Yeah. There was that one Clay Thompson game where he had like 60-something and he only dribbled the ball like 15 times. Yeah. They didn't play him the whole fourth quarter. It's like, bro, why not, man? Like, Go for it. Go for it at that point. I mean, But they were also up, like you said, your point. They were up like 30, Golden State. So they're like, fuck. It's also like ball. a respect thing. Like the coaches aren't going to... Two things. It's a respect to the other team. If it's a blowout, you're going to take your best players out. That's just what you do. I hate that. So that's fine. And it depends on where you're at. I agree. If you're only up 20, that's not enough. It's a, if you're up fucking 35 points in the late, tail end of the third quarter. Remember the U.S. women's team at that World Cup? They beat Thailand 13-0. And people were fucking outraged about that. And Thailand said we appreciated it. Yeah. I have no problems with that. I had one problem with that whole thing. Rapino scores a goal when it's nine nothing, and they do a coordinated celebration. That's like, bro. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying? come on. Score twenty, score thirty. I don't give a fuck. And people better. started making it like a whole sexist thing. It was like, oh, it's because it's women doing it. If it was a guys' team, it's like, no, bro. Score thirty goals. I don't care. Beat a team by eight touchdowns. 
But if you're Odell and you score a touchdown and the score is like how many of those wide receivers do you see that score a touchdown and the score is 45-17 and they're celebrating? It's like, dude, you're a clown. Trying to get on Sports Center though. You man. Are. You're trying to do it for the gram. I feel him. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a coordinated dance yeah. and you you're up nine zero, that's like I can live without that. Yeah. That's the only issue. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Besides um, that, beat the piss out of people. No, you're right. That's the way you get better is by playing better competition. When USA plays Honduras and they win one nothing in like the 80th minute, I'm fucking furious. Yeah. I want you to be beating the shit out of people. Yeah, that's how it should be. That's my TED talk. I, I mean, look, you're right, and especially if the other athletes are saying that, you know, it's like we want you to play hard. So, but I also think it's also it's it's a situational thing where it's like. If you're a coach and you keep a guy in to chase 100, but he gets hurt, whose fault is it? I love a point. So it's a a double-edged sword. I love Um, a point. I've been, been, as an athlete growing up, I've been on the receiving end of both. We lost a soccer game one time with Cosmos, and we had a good-ass team. We lost 11-0. PD's dad, he was like, don't let that happen again if you guys feel like shit. That's it. it. Just don't let it happen again. And we've been on the other end where we beat a team like 13-1. It was up it was 13 nothing and then they scored a goal. But it's like, yo, after the sixth goal, if you celebrated, he subbed you out. Yeah. Back then you had a limited subs. We were like 15, 16 years old. You would you know, Of course you gotta get the other kids in. Yeah, get other kids in and shit. But it was like he'd pull you out and be like, yo, bro, what are you celebrating for? It's seven nothing. Chill out. What are you doing? Yeah. Um You wanna talk about the Luca thing real quick? Yeah, let's end with the Luca thing. Um, Knicks, Knicks. Bob Volgaris is your boy. Yo, that's my guy. Shady's big, big D Gen vibes. He uh, supposedly Donnie Nelson is out, and supposedly Bob Volgaris are are both out. KP trade. Yo, did we win the KP trade yet or what? Yeah, yeah, right. The moment that that report came out, where Mark Cuban, no, not Mark Cuban, when they said uh, KP doesn't feel like he's appreciated because he's he didn't come there to be a Robin. The fuck did you think? Yeah. So, here's the thing. His contract's tough to trade. Like, it's a big deal. He's injury prone. That lateral movement. You'll never draft him in fantasy. Never draft him. Injury prone. Uh, and yeah, he seems to be kind of like a headache. Oh, who who would have thought he was going to be a headache? Yeah. So, that's awesome. But with Luca, right? It's, it's, it's the superstar runs the organization, man. If he has... If there's even a slither... A, a, a sliver of drama or beef with Luca, whoever that person is, just get him out the door. Yeah. Like, it's a no-brainer. I was really fascinated by Bob Volgaris, though. For those of you who are listening to this and don't know that name, supposedly that's like the riff in the locker room is Bob Volgaris is like a right-hand man to to Mark Cuban. He's like this basketball analytics wizard. He made a shit ton of money betting on betting. sports yeah. via like predictive technology. And so, uh, predictive analytics, and predictive, yeah, he started companies, extremely successful. And now basically he's a really smart guy. He should be in a front office. What types of decisions should he be making? That's a different story. Right. But him being employed by an NBA team, that's smart. Mm. I've also heard he could be an asshole at times. So from people that know him from their time, I think if I'm not mistaken in Phoenix. So, um, yeah, just, just, uh, whoever it is, get him out. And then it's just a matter of do you trade KP to like a Orlando? Like where does he go? He's got to go to a team where he can be like kind of the guy. 
how many teams are that? I mean, how many teams are those in the league? Orlando, Detroit. Mm. Do you take a chance on him? I probably wouldn't. But, you know, maybe that's a situation that you look at. Maybe a, a Hornets? So, well, LaMelo just won rookie, rookie of the year. year. I don't really agree with that. You think it should have been Ant Edwards? Yeah. Could have been a co-award. He missed a lot of time, man. Yeah. Well, LeBron, I think, made All-NBA, and he missed a whole bunch of time, too. So, I think they're, you know, they're taking some of that into consideration. So True. Um, True. But Luca, if you're the... Mark Cuban once said, if I had to pick between my wife and Luca Doncic, uh, you'll see me at my lawyer's office getting the divorce papers ready. Put your money where your mouth is now, bro. That's true. He's going to sign a Supermax. He'll be there. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but it is nice to see those photos surface of him in a mellow jersey. Next jersey. Uh, Real quick, before we wrap up, rumors I'm hearing Eric Spolstra, Portland. Serious. He's Supposedly, he grew up. I think his dad worked for the Blazers organization. Okay, that's the only way that you leave Miami. I don't think so. I disagree. And let me tell you why. Everyone in Miami knows that Pat Riley runs that organization. Eric Spolstra, it's almost as if he's hit the ceiling as to what he can do in Miami. He's won rings. He doesn't have as much control over the team and the organization as maybe he wants. Now, this is speculation, right? No one knows if he wants more power or wants more authority. But if that is what he wants, he can't get that there. Mm. It's almost as if like Pat Riley's the dad. Spolstra grew up in that organization as a video coordinator and literally rose through the ranks. All he knows is Miami. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing, but at the same time, (laughs) if you were, you know, if you... You want to be your own man. Exactly. You got a star. You know the area. You know the organization. I don't think it's as outlandish as people are making it out to be. And you may have just heard this for the first time, but... I, I heard that Portland is interested in him and there's like a mutual interest i didn't know that there was any affiliation i was like portland's mad random the dad supposedly his dad worked in the the blazers organization and he Mm. being the son involved or not involved but fucking running around yeah yeah yeah. that makes more sense because it was just mad random like and you have a star and and imagine if you were in the nba circles right and like you know you grew up a new yorker you grew up in new york and then you spend just 20 years in dallas Right. And everyone in the NBA knows you as a Dallas guy. And then all of a sudden you're linked to like the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. At first they'd be like, why the fuck Brooklyn? And then you realize like, oh, shit, he's born and raised there. His dad worked at the front office or some shit. You know what I mean? So there. And also, do you think like the responsibility piece of it is important, too? And what I mean by that is now in, in professional sports, whether it's the NFL or the NBA or maybe not as much in Major League Baseball, but at least in the NFL and the NBA. Now, sometimes coaches do get some front office responsibilities, right? They have more input. They have more say. A Belichick, right? A John Gruden. Those are just two football examples. But there are those examples in the NBA as well. I don't always think that's the most optimal. It's not. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, do you think that could be something that's on his mind? Maybe I do want more responsibility. Maybe I do want to help shape the roster a little bit more than i do now yeah it could it could be like it's more power and responsibility because being successful as a coach don't leave miami but if you want more than that then you go to portland i just think that in an in a perfect situation if i was an owner of a team i would want a general manager who focuses on finding talent recruiting talent 
scouting talent with his scouting department and then a head coach. Because if you're a head coach and the GM, you ain't going to be watching that random ass dude in the Euro League. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like or visiting, traveling. Or traveling to Kentucky to watch, you know? So I'd rather keep it separate. You mentioned some names that have a lot of cachet to it. Obviously, John Gruden, more of a, a namesake than it is like what his actual performance is now. Belichick, there is a GM in New England, but it's very similar to where like Belichick is pulling the strings. Calling the shots, yeah. I can't even tell you who the GM of New England was. I, th- I think his name was Nick. Yeah. It was his first Casarios, Casarios, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm deferring to you on that. I, but if it's if it's something like that, like Phil Jackson, when he was the coach with the Lakers, if he was also the GM, that, that works. It's like it's Phil yeah. Jackson. Greg Popovich. But even Popovich. He's had a team, for sure. And, I, and had, again, I'm not saying it's the right yeah. decision, but you think about... Again, it wasn't a great situation, but Tibbs in Minnesota, he got all of the power, right? It didn't really wind up working out. Doc Rivers in L.A. early on, he got all the power. So it's not something that's brand new, but we're good. We're done. Well, I'm good, man. This was fun. Last thing. Shouts to Trey Young, bro. Games turned around. Nate McMillan, coach coach of the half season. Tibbs won coach of the year, and I'm excited. Nate McMillan did an amazing job at Atlanta. I know you didn't want to talk about the series, so we don't have to talk about the series itself specifically. I just want to say that Trey Young's game has evolved since Nate McMillan got there. Being able to kind of get other guys involved a little bit more, even when his shot's not falling. And I think that's been a change with Nate McMillan. So if what you see in Trey Young's is a little different, it's the head coach. I'm a big head coach guy in the NBA, and so shout to Nate McMillan. That Atlanta team is really good, and if Embiid's hurt, not playing 100%, I think Atlanta could win the series. So, I picked them to win the series, yeah. even with Embiid. Atlanta is, I mean, we got torched, and, you know, yeah. who are we? We overachieved the Knicks of the entire season, but just watching that those series, you're like, wow, Atlanta's a lot better than we thought. They got 10 guys that could get buckets. Yes, a lot of shot creators on the wing. If Trey, Yo, it's like the, Philly will throw Ben Simmons and, and Tybull. And they'll throw long guys at at. Trey Young. Trey Young, and he's like, okay, I can't get a shot now. I got to get someone else involved. And that, that's not, that, that something changed there. You know what I'm trying to say? Bogdanovich is the truth. He is the truth, bro. Can handle, can shoot, can pass. There was a stretch this year talking about injuries. Trey Young was another guy who missed a little bit of time, and they were running the offense through Bogdanovich. Yeah. And he, like, kept him afloat. So, Trey Young is a guy I have my eye on for MVP next year. That's a great pick. If the odds are like 30 to 4, if he's like 12 to 1, I'm not doing they it. They need to bring Nate McMillan back, and I would love that pick. And you want to laugh. The Pacers fired their head coach after one season. Who was the Pacers head coach last year? Nate McMillan, who mm-hmm. had, in my our opinion, right? The Pacers kind of always overachieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coaching. Who was the coach? Nate McMillan. Where is he now? Atlanta could potentially be going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, shouts to, I just wanted to get that out. Nate McMillan's doing an amazing job, and he's really impacting Trey Young's game. Patreon roll call. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Corey Johnson Hoops, Jake Powers, Devin Rendon, DG, my guy, Daniel Gibson, and my guy, Piz. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Starting next week, you'll be getting 32 for 32s. Video editions, pod editions, congrats editions, youtube.com slash veterans minimum, because you can find the show. Imp, holla at him. You can reach me at IMPY718. You already know on Twitter and Instagram. I'm making a TikTok, but not yet. Okay. I got like funny ideas for stupid videos. Let's go. I don't know what those ideas. I got I got some stupid ideas, but. Are you going to be doing that dance one? Nah, it won't be a dance. I got like comedy shit, kind of. Not really. 
Just uh, like, I don't know. Okay. Uh, at the Lamb Show is where you can find me, and you'll be able to catch the People's Podcast I'm about to do with MP on the Patreon early before the rest of you legends get it. So, congrats. This dog off the leash and is ready to kill. kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.